Welcome to Rocktail Hour, an hour's worth of rockin' good time in about 15 minutes with your buddies Dave, Treg, and our special guest Brent. Three old guys that are a testament to the fact that rock and roll keeps you young. In each Rocktail Hour, we bring you our favorite stories behind the greatest rock and roll tunes of all time and other interesting musings about the music and the rockers who inspire us. Rocktail Hour is an affiliate of Amazon.com, so when you shop there, it would be cool if you could first click on the Amazon.com link on the Rocktail Hour homepage, and Amazon will kick a few bucks back to Rocktail Hour to help fund this free podcast. One Amazon product that I'm going to plug here as part of Rocktail Hour is Treg's legal thriller just released, Until Murder, Do Us Part. Do yourselves a favor and entertain yourself for what will probably amount to two hours because you're going to read the whole thing in that amount of time. It's so good. Minus 300 pages, so unless you're a speed reader. (laughs) (laughs) So that's Until Murder, Do Us Part on Amazon. And and by the way, there is a link on our homepage too. Ah, Another shameless plug. Easy. So today, Brent is going to bring us the story behind Blue Suede Shoes. Great story. I love early rock. And, you know, if, if you enjoy today's rock and roll, then you, you have to appreciate the legends that started it off. And we're going to go back to 1955 and talk about Blue Suede Shoes. But when you think Blue Suede Shoes, which everyone has done, from Bruce Springsteen on stage to, uh, you know, greats up and down the line, who do you think of when you think of Blue Suede Shoes, guys? Elvis. The King. The King. He actually covered it just months after the the original writer and composer. In fact, the person that I'm going to introduce here shortly uh, wrote it, and we're going to get into that story, and it's a great story. But the thing that makes this interesting to me is that Carl Perkins would have had a huge career, and he would have been up there with Elvis if not for an accident, a car accident that almost killed him. It severely injured his brother. It killed the driver of the car, uh, and uh, we're going to talk about that in a second. But if you don't know who Carl Perkins is, a lot of the bands and artists that you love probably uh, referenced him greatly. Um, He was a contemporary. In fact, he came out of Sun Studios in Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, If you know your history, you you should look this up. Sam Phillips was a producer in Memphis, Tennessee. He started Sun Studios. And he recorded at the same time a group that came to be known as the Million Dollar Quartet. It was Elvis, it was Jerry Lee Lewis, Carl Perkins, and Johnny Cash. Wow. And they all four were on the same label. In fact, they all toured together. And that's how this song came to be. But a little bit more about Carl Perkins. Carl Perkins, um, according to Rolling Stone magazine, was rated the number uh, 88th greatest guitarist of all time. He had a certain uh, fast finger-picking style. He was, it came from country background. Um, he was also, uh, Blue Suede Shoes was rated the 95th greatest song of all time by Rolling Stone magazine. And he was rated the number 99th greatest artist of all time. Now think of all the great rock artists, bands, and individuals. Carl Perkins, and you don't, probably don't know a lot about him, but that's what's fun about Blue Suede Shoes. And that was his signature song. Now a little bit about his background. He came from Tennessee, and he was literally the son of a sharecropper. As a kid, I mean, when he, we're talking six, seven, eight years old, he's out picking cotton. And when his ten, he was 10 years old, his daddy challenged him to be the first 10-year-old to ever collect 300 pounds of cotton in one day. And that's where he thought he was going to end up. And, 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 in fact, when he got really into music, uh, other people were saying, listen, you're going to drive a truck for your life. Put that stuff aside. He got a guitar. That's what he loved. In fact, he would stay the night at friends who had guitars just so he could play their guitar. And he finally got his guitar, and he started playing it, and intuitively he would bend notes. 
And his dad would say, you play that dang thing correct. Don't bend those notes. <laughs> but he grew up loving. In fact, they would sit around and listen by battery on radio, the Grand Old Opry. Again, this is a Tennessee mm-hmm. boy. So he grew up with a country style. And he is now considered the king of rockabilly. Now, one of my favorite groups is Stray Cats. And, and you know, they love, but this all goes, they love uh, Carl Perkins. Another person that really, really, really worshipped uh, Carl Perkins was George Harrison of the Beatles. In fact, oh. all the Beatles loved him. Uh, John Lennon, uh, Paul McCartney, and George Harrison, if you do Google searches, you'll find that they all have sung Blue Suede Shoes at one point or another. Hmm. In fact, Paul McCartney and, and some others like uh, Robbie Robertson and I want to say Eric Clapton at a Rock Roll Hall of Fame induction sang Blue Suede Shoes. It is one of the staples of rock. And, and Dave, you probably played in bands. Uh, I don't know if you did Blue Suede Shoes, but that's one of those early cover ones that when you're starting out and, and cutting your teeth, it, it's a great song. It's actually one of those songs that most players can play without having actually learned the song because the chords are really simple. Everyone knows the lyrics, and the whole band kind of just intuitively knows it. And so, hey, let's play Blues Play Choose, and every band can probably do at least a loose rendition of it pretty quickly. It, it's it's simple, but it, it's got a lot of hooks in it, and it's, it's mm-hmm. a great song. Let's talk a little bit about the history of the song. Uh, before I do, though, Tom Petty had a great quote. He said, if you want to play 50s rock and roll, you can either play like Chuck Berry or you can play like Carl Perkins. So now let's talk about this song, and it's, it's really fascinating. Like I said... Um, Carl Perkins is recognized as a great talent. He's in, in this lineup with Johnny Cash, who became a great friend. Later on, we'll talk about what happened post-Blue Suede Shoes. But uh, for 10 years, Carl Perkins traveled and toured with Johnny Cash, and he was one of the guitarists in his bands. So what happened is they are touring in the fall of 1955. Johnny Cash, Carl Perkins, I believe Elvis is on the tour as well. And Johnny Cash talks to him one night. He says... When I was in the Army, I had the sergeant who talked about, you know, don't step on my blue suede shoes. You ought to write a song about that. Now, take a little <laughs> stop side note. Blue suede shoes was actually back in the South in the 50s. It was kind of a cool luxury. If you had blue suede shoes, you, you were hip. So what happened is that seed is planted in Carl Perkins' mind about blue suede shoes. And one night he's performing back then. They didn't have arenas and auditoriums. They would do a lot of their performances at high school gyms. Yep. And and in his hometown, he's playing, and, and he said this couple's jitterbugging in front of him, and they're really getting into it. And he said, you know, as a musician, you, you can't choose good dancers. At the end of the song, this guy is kind of rude to his date and says, hey, don't step on my suede. And Carl Perkins later thinking, well, what a tool. You know, <laughs> here's a pretty – and she's like, oh, I'm sorry. And this guy's kind of, you know, you know just, just don't step on my shoes, man. Just be careful. So he went home that night, and he couldn't go to sleep. And he said, finally, at 3 o'clock at night, he goes downstairs, and, and at, even at this time, there, he's living in government project housing, so it's all concrete. He's married and has two little babies, and he ha- really hasn't – he's done some stuff that's been okay, but not, no, nothing huge. He goes downstairs, and he has this nursery rhyme running uh, through his head. You remember how the song starts? One for the money. One for the money, two for the show, three to get ready, four, let's go. He has it in his head. And he keeps thinking about that, and, and, he, and he thinks about the blue suede shoes. You know, don't step on my suede. And, and, it, and it, it just he gets his guitar out and he starts writing it. And his wife comes at the top of the stairs, and she says, Honey, what are you doing? You're going to wake up the kids. And she goes, well, Whose song is that? And he goes, It's ours. And she goes, Well, we'll rock the kids back to sleep. You keep working on that song. <laughs> now, here's what's interesting. He wrote the lyrics on a potato sack. 
he emptied t- three potatoes out of a, a potato sack bag and he wrote the lyrics. Wow. And later he, he made fun of himself. He said, I wasn't too sophisticated, too smart. I wrote blue suede, suede, S-W-A-D-E. He said, <laughs> I didn't even know what the shoes were and I'm writing suede. <laughs> but he wrote blue suede shoes and it became obviously a signature hit. Now, he writes that in December of 1955. By January 1st, it's released. And within a couple months, by March, it, it blows up and it's huge. So it was released with his vocals, his guitar. It was his song. Carl Perkins. In fact, I don't know if in the, in the last year or two it's changed, but uh, Blue Suede Shoes, his version um, went all the way to number two. And mm-hmm. and um, and a lot of people say it was the first real rock song because it had a rockabilly flair. It combined country, rhythm and blues, and pop. And it was the first song that, that charted on all three of these charts. Wow. I want to say it went to number two in the rhythm and blues charts. And ironically, when it came out, this is his version. It sold over a million copies. It was bigger. The point I was going to make is it was bigger and I think to this day sold more copies than Elvis's Blue Suede Shoes. Wow. The song that kept it out of number one, Heartbreak Hotel by Elvis. <laughs> so it never. Now, here's where it gets to be bittersweet and actually tragic. So this song blows up. He's blowing up. And in, uh, I want to say late March, okay, early March, it, it, it's, it's taken the country by storm. Billboard magazines recognize it. It's doing well. He, his brother Jay, a driver, they're driving from Virginia up to New York. He's going to appear on the Perry Como Show, which is a nationally televised show. And this is the first time a rockabilly artist is going to get this kind of coverage. And something happens where his driver falls asleep, and they drive into the back of a pickup. And the pickup driver, I believe, is the pickup driver is killed. And Carl Perkins is um, broken shoulder lacerations. His brother is so badly injured that he does recover, but he dies two years later of uh, a brain injury they think was attributable to the accident. So this accident really derailed Carl Perkins' opportunity to shine. And he later would say, I was 80 miles from from being on national TV and the first rockabilly guy to be out there. And and, uh, what's ironic is – Two years later, he actually did make the Perry Como show, and I would invite you to go to YouTube and do some searches of Carl Perkins and Blue Suede Shoes, and you'll see some of the early versions. And he he does a little gyrating like Elvis. He's not as cool like Elvis, but it's interesting if you look at the, those three uh, or three other artists that made it big out of Sun Studios: Elvis, Jerry Lee Lewis, Johnny Cash. What do those three have in common? This is my I'm gospel according to Brent. Certainly, back in the fifties as opposed to Carl Perkins. And this is one theory I'm going to throw out there with um, some people might disagree. What did they have in common that he didn't have? I don't know enough about Carl Perkins to say, but all three of those guys had charisma coming out of their ears. Um, they had, I mean, I don't know if you'd say Johnny Cash had the looks, but Elvis certainly did. Um, and they could all, you know, get a crowd going bananas at a very young age. Also in the 1950s, those three were a little dangerous. Jerry Lee Lewis, mm. Great Balls of Fire, Elvis. There's a funny story. I was watching an interview that he did, and, and he, he loved Elvis, and he recognized early on that Elvis was going to be the king. He said he had it. But he, he would joke. He, t- he tells a funny story. This is Carl Perkins, where Elvis uh, would use a little um, eyeliner on his bottom lashes, and, and he said, Carl, you ought to do it. It makes your eyes stand out better on stage. And he said Carl Perkins tried to do it, and he poked himself in the eye and threw it back. <laughs> Elvis said, I'm not doing that. Yeah. But, um, but he... He loved Elvis, and but I think Elvis had an edge. Uh, Johnny Cash had a little bit of edge. Man in sure. Black, 
and and certainly Jerry Lee Lewis. I mean, oh my gosh, you know, later marrying his cousin, all that stuff. But but Carl Perkins, the thing I liked about him, and uh, one reason I wanted to do this is he was a really really well liked person. I mentioned George Harrison loved him. There was a time where the Beatles used aliases, where they you know I think Paul was something Ramon, and George Harrison's was Carl Harrison. And he said when he in, in 19, I want to say 63 or 64, the Beatles actually toured with Carl Perkins and, and they met. And George Harrison said, hey, I learned my style by listening to your B-sides. And what's ironic hmm. is the Beatles would actually record five Carl Perkins songs. Wow. And on the, the flip side of Blue Suede Shoes, the Carl Perkins version, was Honey Don't. If you know your Beatles history, that's one that Ringo would sing. But George Harrison would later say, hey, listen to All My Lovin'. Listen to that, you know, that break. Dun, 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 dun. I'm not going to embarrass myself further. But <laughs> you listen, that's a very Carl Perkins-esque type of break. Now, there's one other thing is later Elvis did record, obviously, Blue Suede Shoes, and it blew up. But Scotty Moore, his guitarist, would say Elvis didn't do it for the money. He did it as a tribute to Carl. He wasn't trying to make him rich. He just wanted to pay tribute. Shortly after this, Elvis went to RCA, and that's where he, he became very big with RCA Records. And he made sure that he didn't record and release this single, his Blue Suede Shoes, until Carl Perkins' version started to die down a little bit. So obviously Carl Perkins got the writing credit, and, and Carl Perkins was forever grateful to Elvis that he did his song because it, it brought not only more money uh, you know, from publishing, but it also brought a lot of attention to his version. So Very cool. Very one thing, too, that actually I learned this from Paul, an interview with Paul McCartney where he was talking to Carl Perkins. He said, you know, the difference between your version and Elvis's, and we the Beatles always like your version, it starts out with a nursery rhyme. It goes, well, it's one for the money, boom, boom. Pause, pause. Two for the show. Three to get ready. Go, cat, go. Where the Elvis one is on the beat. It's one for the money, two for the show. Three to get ready. Go, cat, go. So if you listen, there's a very subtle beginning difference where Carl Perkins hesitates. He pauses between each of those verses and goes into it. So like I said, this accident that he had really somewhat set him back, and he later admitted that it threw him not only because you know his, his brother was impacted, but the injury. Um, he got into drinking very heavily, and somewhat in the in the 60s, his career went down. He did get in into country quite a bit. Like I said, he, he accompanied Johnny Cash, and Johnny Cash was a, a longtime friend of his. And Johnny Cash was one of those who sang Blue Suede Shoes on record and in concert. But what happened was in the 70s, um, you know, as George Harrison went on his own and others, there became this great appreciation for Carl Perkins. And again, if you go to YouTube, you'll see in the 1980s, there was an hour-long tribute to Carl Perkins. It's great. I mean, you can watch the whole show. And Eric Clapton was a guitarist and Stray Cats, um, they accompanied him. And what's really funny is Robert Smith at The Cure is there shaking like a, it looks like a Moroccan tambourine. (laughs) But these people that know the early history of rock really appreciate who Carl Perkins was. And like I said, he was part of the Million Dollar Quartet, got overshadowed. Blue Suede Shoes was his big song, and he had some others. Like I said, the Beatles covered Everybody's Trying to Be My Baby, Honey Doe, and some others. But Blue Suede Shoes put him on the map, and he was so beloved that when he died, um, I want to say it was 1998. I mean, he was pretty young. He was 65. 
George Harrison flew in, and a bunch of other rock dignitaries and people that were significant in the music industry came to his funeral because they, they felt he was so beloved. And when he died, Tom Petty did a tribute that's, that was very well written in, uh, I want to say, Rolling Stone magazine. But um, the thing that everyone liked about Carl Perkins was he was a lovable guy. He said he was sincere. He had a great line. I think he said it to Tom Petty. Uh, he said, I like you so much that if we were neighbors, I'd mow your grass. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the kind of guy he was. So get a chance. Check out your rock history. Go check out uh, Blue Suede Shoes, the Carl Perkins version. You can compare it to Elvis. But uh, this guy could sing, and obviously he was um, widely revered as a guitarist. He had a certain style, very fast, rockabilly. And um, I've really, as I've gotten into to studying music and, and the early foundations of music, Carl Perkins is one of the guys that I've really gotten to like and enjoy. Now, that's interesting. I always thought of Carl Perkins as a songwriter and as a guitar player, but not as, and I know he's part of, he was a part of that original, what do you, what do you call it? The, not the Fab Four. But what were, <laughs> well, they called it Million Dollar Quartet. <laughs> the Million Dollar Quartet. Thank you. I couldn't think of it. But I never thought of him as being a potential guy to blow up like the other three did. That's interesting. When he was in that car accident, was that pre-Elvis? Do you know if it was pre-Elvis, Ed Sullivan show? That's a great point. I'm glad you brought it up. The next, yes, it was It was way pre-Elvis, wow. uh, Ed Sullivan. In fact, this accident was late March of 1956. Within a month, Elvis is, is on um, the Milton Berle show, a national show. And that's one of his first, I want to say he had three national TV appearances, but the Milton Berle show, Elvis went on and he sang some songs. And I believe, uh, you'd have to fact check this, I think he sang Blue Suede Shoes on the Milton Berle show within a month after that accident. And again, Hmm. it wasn't the upstage, Carl. It's just he knew that was a great song. It fit his style, and he was going to record it at some point. And again, he was friends with Carl Perkins. So, these, you know, Johnny Cash, Carl Perkins, Jerry Lewis, they, they were all buddies. They traveled together and such. But, um, yeah, it was it was way before Ed Sullivan, but Elvis was really just starting to blow up in, in 1956. And because of this accident, Carl Perkins kind of got put on the sideline, mm. and he, he never blew up, um, you know, like, like uh, Elvis obviously would. But and, and Carl Perkins was very humble. He would later say on interviews, he said, listen, Elvis had it, and we knew it. We knew he would blow up, and I don't feel any— you know, animosity or jealousy or, or competition with Elvis. You know, I loved him, and he was great, and he was good to me. Interesting. So a good guy and immensely talented. Great guy. Everyone that was around him loved him and said he was sincere, and he was just good people. Oh, that's awesome. Very cool. What a great story. Great, great rock tale. Well, thanks, uh, Brent, for uh, cluing us in on what is really a kind of a foundational character in rock and roll history. And probably one of the more forgotten guys. I don't, I, want to say, I don't want to say forgotten, but when you sit there and think about the pillars of rock history, not many people would probably put Carl Perkins in there, but he certainly played a key role in everything that's foundational to what we listen to. If I could throw in one last thing, guys, I think this will give you a sense of, of how respected he was by music greats who've either recorded and or sang Blue Suede Shoes, just this song. In concert. So I'll just run down the list real quick. Obviously, Elvis, Eddie Cochran, who was an early great, if you do some research on him, Buddy Holly, the Dave Clark Five, one of the, the British mm-hmm. invasion groups. Obviously, the Beatles, um, in, the Beatles together and individually recorded it. Uh, John Lennon did it with the Plastic Ono band. But then later on, you had Black Sabbath has recorded Blue Suede Shoes. I have wow. that recording, actually, and it's live and it's fast and blistering and raw. It's pretty funny. <laughs> Jimi Hendrix did it, Johnny Cash did it. 
um, Dion, Bruce Springsteen, The Grateful Dead, and now we get in some real rock subjects that we should profile later. Pat Boone, Merle Haggard, Conway Twitty, <laughs> Mary Blige, and The Stray Cats. So this song wow. has been done by garage bands all over, but also by some great artists all over. Love it. Well, thank you, Brent, for a great tribute to a rock and roll classic and an icon, Carl Perkins. You can listen to a clip of the song, and don't listen to the Elvis version. Listen to the Carl Perkins version <laughs> on iTunes by clicking on the album link on the Rocktail Hour website. Email us at dudes at rocktailhour.com if you think we got it all wrong or if you have an interesting rock tale of your own, or if you have a recommendation of a song that would be a good subject for Rocktail Hour. If you think we're just lame, keep that to yourself, and please follow us on Facebook and Twitter and rate us on iTunes. Until the next Rocktail Hour, rock on. Rock on.